From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Coming up, and for the full two hours, geoengineering, or as we used to say, chemtrails, with the filmmaker and activist Matt Landman. Carlos Cagina is the technical producer. Ryan White is the live stream producer, and we are live streaming on our YouTube channel, Strange Planet, tonight. Please hit that red sub button. Um, you can say hello and follow me on Twitter, at Richard Serrett, and I'm also now on Gab. I like Gab. I like Gab founder Andrew Torba. So you can follow me on Gab as well, at Richard Serrett. And I'm on Parlor too. And Ryan is also posting the program on Rumble. So if you want to head over to rumble.com and subscribe to my channel there, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. So lots of ways to keep in touch. And I just finished today. I published the February edition of my monthly newsletter inner sanctum and sent that out to my subscribers and it's absolutely free just go to strangeplanet.ca to subscribe strangeplanet.ca all we need is your email address it takes but a minute and then you get the neat newsletter uh delivered right to your email inbox every month and it includes my monthly brief which is basically my opinions on what's happening in the news there's also my podcast pick of the month for Conspiracy Unlimited. There's a book club, a spotlight on a previous guest, an in-the-news section, and more. Again, that's Inner Sanctum, and you can subscribe at strangeplanet.ca. So Harvard University researchers have been given permission by the Swedish Space Corporation to carry out a test next year that may lead to releasing artificial particles into the air to partially block out the sun. This approach could potentially reduce global warming and cool our planet, but it's raised geoengineering concerns among environmentalists. In Sweden, plans to fly a test balloon next year are already underway. The test balloon will not release any particles into the atmosphere, but could be a step towards an experiment, perhaps in the autumn of 2021 or the spring of 2022. These experiments may see up to two kilograms of non-toxic calcium carbonate dust released into the atmosphere. And this all sounds kind of familiar, right? We've been talking about this sort of thing on this program for 20 years. Now they call it geoengineering, but again, we generally call it chemtrails. Here to discuss is Matt Landman. Matt has gained recognition as a leader in 5G and geoengineering chemtrail awareness activism. He presents unprecedented and view-changing information directly from official documentation and accepted research. Matt created the social change documentary Frankenskies, bringing awareness to ongoing atmospheric aerosol injections chemtrails, weather modification programs, and geoengineering. He's hosted a series of conferences, events, and protests 
concerning the questions surrounding chemtrails and relentlessly continues to speak out against the ongoing lies in our skies, as he calls them. In 2018, Matt hosted the third global summit to stop geoengineering in Tucson, Arizona, protesting the Scopex sky dimming experiment, after which the experiment was placed on uh, ongoing hiatus, although it looks like that hiatus is over. Let's welcome Matt Landman back to The Conspiracy Show. Hey, Matt, how are you, my friend? Hi, Richard. So honored to be on. Thank you so much. How are you today? Terrific. Thank you. And we're so glad to have you back on the program. So I, I mentioned the hiatus appears to be over and that this sky dimming experiment is back on in earnest. Tell us a little bit, SCOPEX, that's the, the acronym. What does that stand for? So this one stands for the Stratospheric Controlled Perturbation Experiment. All these different acronyms that the geoengineering researchers, they use these different words to try to sugarcoat it. They've got one called solar radiation management. They've got another called uh, SPICE, uh, stratospheric particle injection for climate engineering. They've got another one called TAP, tropospheric aerosol program. They've got stratospheric aerosol injections, SAI, and even uh, CARE, the charged aerosol release experiment through NASA. But yeah, the SCOPEX one, the reason why this is so important is because it's in the public eye and they're they're trying to um, basically convince the public that we need this to save us from ourselves, from to save us from global warming, essentially. But in the end, it won't be calcium carbonate, and it won't be diamond dust like they originally said that they were going to do, and it won't be sulfur like they, they claim they might try. It'll eventually be metallics. It'll be aerosolized aluminum, barium, and whatnot, but they're just trying to slowly reverse engineer what they're doing and to convince the public that they haven't been doing it the whole time. Right. I was just going to say that you rhymed off a number of these programs and the acronyms, and they're making it sound like we're thinking about maybe by the end of this year sending up literally a trial balloon and releasing carbonate, which is you know non-toxic. So I recently watched Rosalind Peterson's address to the United Nations, and she's uh, with the, I think it's called the Agriculture Defense League or something like that. She's in California. She's concerned about these various programs and their effect on agriculture and, and food production. But she said there's something like 50, no fewer than 50 weather modification programs going on either in the United States or internationally. Now, that speech is I don't know, maybe a decade and a half old now, how many of these programs are going on without public oversight? Well, that's a great question. It basically depends on how much research you do. We know that there's the NASA program, the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment, and NASA has a budget of $52 million a day. I think a lot of the drones that we see in the sky, and if you look at the patents, there's a barren release rocket patent going all the way back to the late 70s. A lot of these programs are ongoing, and if you just do a little digging, like the Tropospheric Aerosol Program, there's a document, Tropospheric Aerosol Program, through the Department of Energy, and that was released in 2001 and outlines an entire agenda of, of the fleet of drones that will be used. They don't even refer to contrails as contrails. They refer to them as precursor gases. So come to find out, 
the contrail is a con, and they're just mixing chemicals up there with long and shorter trails. And how many programs are ongoing? It's really hard to say. But the truth of the matter is they're trying to bring it into the public awareness and have us basically consent to us through the propaganda. But in the end, they want us to consent so that they can launch full-scale deployment globally. So why now are they basically going public and telling us, well, we're thinking about doing it, although we suspect, and you would be a little more firmer in that, you would say we definitely know and have known that for decades they've been doing these sorts of things. So why now are they saying, all right, now we're going to try it? What's the timing here? What's the rationale? Well, you know what, Richard, that's a really great question. And I'd love to start a conversation there because it seems like the powers that be want the public to really fear Bill Gates and to have him in this eye of being the boogeyman. And, and while we're in fear, we're hopeless. You know, it's, it's when we rise out of fear and step, step out of that frequency and vibrate in integrity and truth and all these other things and love and, you know, we, we can't do anything in fear. When we're stuck in fear, we're not going to do anything. But it seems like the media wants us to know that Bill Gates is the number one um, agriculture farm owner now in the United States. The media wants us to know that he's got a depopulation agenda underway. And the media wants us to know that he's behind the vaccines. The media wants us to know that he's behind this now experiment that's becoming so publicized. It wasn't that public before when they were trying to sneak it into the public eye in um, southwest United States. But now the, the media is running with it. And now Bill Gates, the boogeyman, is not only blocking out the sun, he's, he's claimed the sugar daddy for the geoengineering. So he's the, he's the money behind this operation. He's also this depopulation, and he's not even a doctor or anything like that. And the media is letting us know. That's the one thing. And so, so why now? Why make it public now and then give us this boogeyman? When I analyze the media, I analyze what they try to do to the public, In the last um, election in the United States, the people went out and voted. Well, yeah, the election was compromised, but they voted out of hate and they voted out of fear. But it seemed like that the media wanted us to hate him, but still vote for him out of fear is where I'm going. So why do they want us to know that they're doing it? I think that they need some sort of consent to escalate the, the agenda to control the sunlight of the world and they can't just completely block out the sun without letting us know that they're doing it. So it's, it's partly that they need our consent in some sort of way, but partly they want to launch a full-scale deployment and they can't just do that without us scratching our heads and wondering what's going on. So from their standpoint or what they want us to believe about the stratospheric control disturbance experiment, this idea that they're going to release initially non-toxic substances into the atmosphere and then later perhaps as you say metals like barium and aluminum and strontium from their standpoint they're trying to convince us that this geoengineering project by dimming the sun will forestall global warming and again coming from their perspective and and what they're trying to convince us of how would that ostensibly work how would releasing these particulates cool the planet well, first off, it seems like that they're playing God, making some very massive assumptions. I haven't seen sea levels rise one inch, and I've lived on the ocean, and I've been to marshes that are zero sea level. I don't think that we're in this 
dire situation. And the exacerbated weather conditions that they do call climate change, such as uh, massive hurricanes and engineered fires and whatnot, the geoengineering could be used to put out these fires, to engineer rain, to cure droughts, and instead droughts are created to point the finger at climate change to then say that we need geoengineering to block out the sun. It's this Hegelian dialectic problem reaction solution where we're really being cornered with the lies to convince us that we need the lies as the solution. So already it doesn't make sense. But what they claim they want to do is reflect back light into space. It's called increasing the albedo or the reflectivity of the Earth. So the supposedly too much sunlight is coming to Earth, and these um, rogue scientists or Harvard, let's be real, this one David Keith character out of uh, Calgary suburbs, he wants, he's a professor at Harvard, and he's just a professor researcher at Harvard with funding from Bill Gates. Not Bill Gates, Millen Gates Foundation, but private donations from just Bill Gates. And he claims that by spraying stuff in the atmosphere to create an artificial cloud layer of some sort of chemical constituent that light can be bounced back into space and we can cool down the planet. But no mention of a potential greenhouse effect. Okay, so there's a lot of propaganda um, predictive programming films out there. And one of them is called Snowpiercer. And the film Snowpiercer in 2013, the the film takes place on a train carrying the last remnants of humanity after an attempt at climate engineering in order to stop global warming has un unintentionally created an ice age and killed almost all of humanity. So by putting an artificial cloud there, and, one, and they say once they start, they can't stop. So what David Keith has said, and if you watch my film Frankenskies, please, um, if anybody hasn't seen it, Frankenskies is a historical documentary starting in the 1920s. By the time the film gets to the 1950s and 60s, it's very self-evident that the weather can and likely is controlled. So then we should start to think about droughts and fires and heat waves and all these things, and the media points to global warming and says we need to dim the sun and geoengineering and all these things. We can start to see the bigger picture. The film ended in 2017 when it was released, and I'm working on Frankenskies 2 now, climate chains, like shackles, back to that Hegelian dialectic. But in the film, David Keith elaborates and says, firstly, what he started pitching was that he wanted to put up diamond dust. And this is how the public is being spoon-fed the lies to get to the actual truth that has been ongoing for decades in our skies, the lies in our skies that we're finally realizing, right? So what happened was David Keith started pitching that we needed to put up diamond dust in the sky first. But he didn't think he could get it to stick, and he thought it could reflect back light, but it was going to be really expensive. He told the public this, right? And so the public gets to be involved and say, oh, I know diamonds are expensive. Then they thought they were going to float mirrors to, to bounce back the light into space. And they realized they couldn't really get the mirrors to float very well. Then David Keith started going around on the different media outlets saying um, that he wanted to spray sulfur, but it might create acid rain and it might kill a lot of people. So then the idea of the calcium carbonate came up and the headlines ran with it and said it's just like spraying baking soda in the atmosphere, but it's harmless. But David Keith has given lectures saying that it's, it, doesn't stick, um, it doesn't stick in the atmosphere well, it coagulates, it falls out of the sky, and the best way that he has found in labs is spraying oxidized nanoparticulate aluminum. And he's got variable sizes of nanoparticulate aluminum, and he thinks he knows which size works best. 
So ultimately, it seems like that the experiment's just going to slowly spoon feed the public and finally get us to the point where it's aluminum oxide. And the, the patents all the while for weather modification and whatnot and even geoengineering and spraying from planes and, and all this sort of stuff, it's, it's been aluminum this, the whole time. Aluminum mixed with barium and, and um, strontium, that's what the CHARTS aerosol release experiment program care through NASA. NASA, again, with a budget of $52 million a day. NASA has a fleet of planes and drones and all this, and they make, quote, noctilucent clouds. They make experimental clouds using aluminum, barium, and strontium. They say it publicly. Right. You have to do a little digging. They also send them up in rockets with those. They heat those canisters and send those up. I've read where they, some people in the northern skies, they think they're actually looking at the northern lights like an aurora borealis, but in fact, they're seeing one of these experiments. They're seeing, well, you tell me, the mixture of aluminum, barium, strontium, can that produce the colors of an aurora? Well, actually, yes, and I've seen misinformation, disinfo, or I've seen propaganda from NASA when they release these aerosols saying, don't worry, if you see these different colors in the sky... Um, red is barium and blue is this and that. So definitely, yes, I've seen articles from NASA explaining what we're seeing in the sky, and it's not the aurora borealis. So in other words, they're telling us that they're about to do this, but in fact, they have been doing this with aluminum particulates for what, decades, 40, 50 years? It seems like the family photos started to show up. A lot of these persistent linear cirrus cloud formations out of the back of jets, the grid patterns started to show up in the early 90s. To give a little history, in the mid-60s, the airline industry started introducing and became very prevalent very quick, the high-bypass turbofan jet engine. And these jet engines, they don't produce hot air. They, it's just a fan. And the combustion is internal, and it's not like what you imagine on, like, Top Gun or something like that, these, all these planes spewing out blasting hot air, and then there's this condensation potential in the atmosphere or whatever. No, these are fans. These are fans that are titanium and steel, massive two-ton engines, and they don't produce hot air. So the whole con of a contrail and, and trying to figure out the humidity of the atmosphere and whatnot, it doesn't take a meteorologist or weatherman to realize that we've been conned. And a lot of this footage, when you zoom in, you can see that the lines aren't even coming out of the engines. So it's like it doesn't take a genius. I've got to take a time out here. We'll come back and we'll pick up on that point because I want to ask you about how the aluminum particulates get out into the atmosphere, how they're sprayed. Because some people think they, they're mixed in with the jet fuel, but you can't run aluminum particulates through an engine without, I would imagine, without destroying it. But we'll pick up on that. Matt Landman is here. Frankenskies is the movie. Back with more of our discussion on geoengineering and chemtrails right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. So, Matt, we were talking about the aluminum particulates that they are spraying. Not that they're planning on spraying. And you say this goes back to the early 90s. So they're not mixing. And this came out, you know, some people were claiming that they were mixing the aluminum particulates with the jet fuel. And that never made sense to me because if you would run aluminum particulates through a jet engine... I wouldn't think it would last very long. So how are they doing it? Primarily, and I've, I've definitely seen footage of what looks to be airlines that um, have sort of sprayers outfit on it, but that's rare compared to the drones. 
I believe that there are fleets of drones through the NASA program, through the Department of Energy program, through the CIA, through the U.S. government. Definitely, I feel like the majority are unmanned drones that are these glider-type, lightweight drone apparatus and also these barium-release rockets that literally, like, shoot up from the ground like a rocket to mix at a vertical angle the chemicals because they don't just put up aluminum. They mix it with different chemicals to get different reactions, and then they even use antenna arrays on the ground to superheat the atmosphere that the metallics have been sprayed. So there's a lot going on to create high-pressure systems, to create weather engineering. It's not just geoengineering that they're doing right now. That's the big issue because we have this broad term or this kind of limited term geoengineering, but that doesn't include the experiments that they do spraying different chemicals on cities such as uh, radioactive elements or even lithium. There's a lot of testing that's been... Oh, and also I mentioned, I mentioned earlier, Rosalind Peterson has recently passed away, rest in peace. Oh, um, I didn't yeah. know that. Which is, which is a shame because she was a, yes. a much-needed voice of reason in the, in the United Nations on this issue. One thing to mention, so to answer your question, drones with sprayers and the technology has been advancing and advancing over the past decades. One thing to mention is the aluminum oxide is, a, is also a patented fire accelerant. So over these years, people have been seeing these lines show up in their skies. And if they're lucky enough to get a rain the next day, truth-seeking people have gotten rainwater analysis, and it shows extremely high levels of these barium, aluminum, strontium, which, max, which they match right up to the patents on the weather modification or the geoengineering and whatnot. So people have started to connect the dots in their own way. But never did they really realize why these lines were showing up over forests. Like, what were they doing all this time spraying our forests? Well, now we've got a tinderbox where these patented fire accelerants have been sprayed on our forests for decades. And then when these fires erupt, for instance, last year, California got 11,000 lightning strikes in about a 48-hour time frame. It was a world record. There had never been that many lightning strikes in such a short amount of time. All these fires erupted in California, and the media points the finger at climate change. Well, the technology exists to precipitate lightning, like with lasers. And it's in the film Frankenskies, they discussed it. So the technology does exist, but also the technology exists to seed rain clouds, to make rain out of just about anything. In the film, Frankenskies, when they first start research, it, they're, they're dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, dry ice. They're using dry ice, which is frozen carbon dioxide, to seed clouds, and they're manipulating the weather that way. They won't tell you that they've sharpened their tools of weather modification through the use of dumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, but they have. So at the end of the day... There's this very narrow term, geoengineering, that seems kind of good if you're worried about global warming or climate change or anything like that. But at the end of the day, they don't know if it'll even create a greenhouse effect and put us into a warming or if it'll create a catastrophic ice age or what exactly will happen if they do what they claim they want to do. But what they will do is launch full-scale deployment where we'll actually be witnessing it all the time, everywhere, and the powers that be will get to dictate who gets sunlight and who does not. Did you see, sorry to go on a tangent, but did you see that water was just recently commoditized, that water is now in the stock market? I didn't see that, but I know that Nestle's, for example, uh, has been buying up 
a lot of water all over the place. And I, I think the Bush family has been very active in buying up natural water aquifers in, in different places. Definitely. But just a couple of weeks ago, side by side with timber and pork bellies and oil and gold and silver, we now have water being traded on the stock market. If you can dictate who gets water when and where, you can make a lot of money and you can control the world. The, the world somehow knows that we can feed clouds when it comes to ski resorts and we can seed clouds when it comes to filling up hydro dams for power companies, but seeding clouds over droughted farmland or reservoirs or fires somehow just doesn't make the mainstream media. Right, right. Well, they were seeding clouds during uh, Vietnam to, uh, you know, the, the, the Ho Chi Minh Trail. The U.S. wanted to prevent... Ho Chi Minh from moving arms along that trail. And of course, they used Agent Orange, but they also supposedly made it rain in order to make it muddy, right? In order to slow the movement of uh, weapons up and down the Ho Chi Minh Trail. At least that's what I read. I don't know if that's apocryphal or not. But um, you mentioned the, uh, the, 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 the fires in, in California. And um, one of the things uh, Rosalind Peterson was talking about to the United Nations, the late uh, Rosalind Peterson, was that with with the aluminum, uh, it gets into the root system of these trees and it prevents the trees from absorbing water. Uh, and so it, it appears as if the trees are actually dying from drought, but it's not drought. The rain could be there. They're just not able to, the trees are not able to take the water in because of the aluminum. Um, can, can you tell me anything more about that? I mean, does that make sense to you? Yes, and then when the trees have absorbed the aluminum and they can no longer uptake proper amounts of water, they have the aluminum embedded inside of them, which is aluminum oxide, which is a patented fire accelerant. So when these fires come whipping through, these trees are now, I mean, they're exploding from the inside out in some situations. So... Let's not forget that engineered windstorms are put on top of these fires when we could very easily do the exact opposite and make rain. And yes, to answer your question, the Ho Chi Minh Trail was flooded. The rain season was extended. That footage, along with the Agent Orange, a lot of it, a lot of it is in Frankenskies because, again, Frankenskies is chronological, historical timeline. It goes through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. That's in the 60s. But in the 20s, already in the 20s, we were sharpening our tools of weather modification. And the world knew after Vietnam, the world came together, the United Nations voted, and 52 to 0, all the countries came together and said that nobody should be using weather as a weapon anymore because they saw what the U.S. did in Vietnam. It was well known that the weather was weaponized in that case. These are, in many cases, private companies that are conducting these weather, weather modification programs, correct? They're not, this is not just the government. Well, there's, there's a lot. There's, the government uh, has some extreme technology. They first started with, like, this HARP antenna array in Alaska, but now these ionosphere heaters are mobile, and they're deployed all over the world, and they utilize intersecting radio frequency waves in the atmosphere, it's Tesla technology. And when you see the sky um, after chemtrail spray, it'll, the spray will dissipate into a haze, and then you can see this ripple pattern form. It's the, it's the heating of the ionosphere or the different layers of the atmosphere. 
a heating is occurring through this this Tesla technology, this HARP, this highly active auroral research program is how it started off, but now they're called ionospheric heaters. And this technology is, is super complex and getting more advanced and in the hands of DARPA now. But yes, there are all sorts of companies. If you've got enough money, you can make it not rain or rain on your, weather, on your wedding day, whichever you prefer. And if you've got enough money, you can make it rain on your farm. And if you've got enough money, if you've got enough money, you can do basically anything with the weather. So there are all sorts of smaller private companies that you can employ if you'd like. The U.S. Uh, or the Pentagon, I guess, had that white paper back in the 1990s, I guess, owning the weather by 2025. Um I mean, obviously, they're way ahead of schedule then. Uh, yeah, the U.S. Air Force, they... And it's funny how these, these documents get released. I mean, they know that, that they're getting in the hands of the public. It's not like it's leaked information. It seems like that they kind of want us to know so that we can consent to it, I guess, or so that they're, you know, sidestepping some karmic obligations by letting us know, or maybe it's just to condition us. I mean, they tell us in the films and whatnot, it's, maybe it's a, a programming thing so that it's, if it's hidden in plain sight, then we won't really react to it because they're, they're letting us know that they're doing it while they're doing it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing, but definitely it's right there in our face, isn't it? Absolutely. All right, Matt, we'll take another time out. Come back. Uh, the next segment is a short one, six minutes. We will open up the phone lines at the top of the hour and take questions and comments on geoengineering and time permitting. We'll also get into uh, 5G with Matt Landman, filmmaker, Franken Skies, released in 2017. We'll tell you how you can screen that and um, we can look ahead to Franken Skies 2 uh, somewhere on the horizon. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Frankenskies, the movie, is available. How do people screen that, Matt? Oh, it's online for free at frankenskies.com. And then now I've got frankenskies2.com, and there's even a place on there where you can upload your chemtrail uh, pictures or footage and whatnot. And if anybody has any ideas for interviews for Frankenskies 2, it's it's easy finding the bad guys out there. It's, it's not that easy finding the good guys when it comes to this this uh, realm. So I'm really happy for uh, to, and open for suggestions. All right, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do, you mentioned the um, forest fires in California, and you mentioned the technology to create lightning and lasers and so forth, and kind of reminded me of um, uh, Republican. Uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, who has found herself in a lot of hot water and has been kicked off a bunch of committees and has been labeled as an, uh, an extremist and a conspiracy theorist. And I mean, she said some other things in addition to that, but she's taken a lot of flack for, for you know, suggesting that that these fires were set deliberately using lasers. So just tell me, talk to me a little bit about Marjorie Greene Taylor aside, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene aside, rather, what 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 is this technology uh, that allows uh, them to set these fires? Um, I, it's, it goes back to the HARP antenna arrays, 
and precipitating lightning with lasers comes from like this do the Doppler radar, I believe. It's technology and I'm not 100% familiar with, but it's, it's, it's definitely gone over briefly while they brag about it in the film Frankenskies in about uh, 2015. Um, the, oh, I forget the name of the, the, the scientist that, that's talking about it. But definitely we can, we can light fires. I don't think, I think that it's a distraction, the directed energy weapon of like coming from drones and whatnot. It's not that lasers are being shot from drones to start the fires. And then the extreme fires where we have the homes pulverized and whatnot, I do believe it's directed energy, but it's the surging of smart meters at the ground level. You can weaponize a neighborhood if you can just crank up these smart meters and get them to pulverize a home, and you can steer that energy either way you wanted. The power companies that are basically sane in the United States, PG&E, which was Enron, which totally corrupted, they went bankrupt and said that there was a power line surge. They're just not saying that it was the smart meters. But if you do the research and you see how much that smart meter can surge into a home and you see the footage of these homes that are pulverized from the inside out with trees and picket fences and everything wood untouched, it starts to add up. But I don't think it was lasers from the sky. I think that was in a distraction. And how exactly the um, powers that be make lightning, I'm not 100% on the technology, but I know it comes from this DARPA Doppler uh, these, there's these massive golf ball looking things that are mobile that are called Doppler radar, but they're actually these ionosphere heaters that can precipitate lightning as well, I've, I've heard. And for what purpose? Why deliberately set these forest fires? Well, the fires are to, I think, make headlines to, I mean, like, it's, it's so diabolical and the whys add up, you know, the whys really do add up. Why, why, why? But it's a very small group of nefarious characters that want to control who gets sunlight. And if they can really pitch this geoengineering thing to the public and say that they're going to spray the skies and only some people get sun and some people don't and, and all these impacts that will happen, these fires are they're, they're pointing the finger at climate change. Every time there's a drought, every time there's a massive hurricane, every time there's any engineered disaster that's being engineered through the use of geoengineering tools that they've refined over the decades, they're pointing the finger at global warming and climate change, and, and slowly but surely the media is convincing the world that something needs to be done, something drastic. And eventually it leads down the way to global carbon tax, one world government, smart tech, smart meters, and all this monitoring that we really do not want, this technocracy that we do not want. So the idea of putting all of these particulates into the air to, to dim the sun, uh, isn't that going to wreak havoc on photosynthesis and, and food production? Well, of course it will. And to what degree the powers that be do not know. Literally playing God with our sun that provides everything that we need. I mean, there's all this writing on the wall of a food shortage, and it seems like that now that the... So there's this, there's this big game with the Trump administration, and the whole world got to point the finger at Trump and say, oh, dirty energy and coal, and he didn't do the right thing with COVID, and he didn't do the right thing with climate change. We have to do the opposite of what he did. So it's very, it's very likely that the Biden administration will push this geoengineering to an extreme, but the public has been fear-mongered into... Hopefully, they, they're hopeful for some sort of intervention into this chaos, which is 
fires in Australia, fires in California, hurricanes and drought and all these things that fall under the loose term of global warming and climate change that the media gets to fearmonger us into thinking we need something to happen and we can science our way out of it. And now if you don't go along with the mainstream and the, the science narrative all of a sudden, you're, I mean, hate to say it, you're racist or something like that. Like, people need to take a step back and see that we're really being bamboozled and letting a small group of rogue scientists determine who gets sunlight, when, and where. And actually, it might totally backfire and create an ice age or all these other implications. So to answer your question, of course plants need photosynthesis. And if you really start to mess that up, if we get one season where our crops don't produce food, we will be in deep, deep trouble. And it's no wonder that Monsanto has patents on aluminum-resistant genetics when the entire sky and the ecosystem might be completely aluminized in the near future. Mm. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't know about uh, Monsanto and that patent. All right, we will uh, take another quick time out, come back. Matt Landman with us for the full two hours next hour we'll open up the phone lines we'll also uh, get into 5g back with more stay with us shaking the world and seeing what falls this is the conspiracy show with richard sarrett all right, uh, we are with Matt Landman, and documentary filmmaker, activist, geoengineering uh, activist, and we're talking about the, uh, the latest project uh, that is set to begin perhaps sometime later this, this year in the fall. Uh, it's a, uh, a project to dim the sun, and wouldn't you know it, our favorite Bond villain, Bill Gates, is behind this one too. He's a busy man. And uh, this is, I guess, first proposed uh, by Harvard University and uh, this study. They're going to send up initially a, a balloon with some non-toxic material like a calcium carbonate. And, um, and then, well, Matt Landman fears that from there they will eventually get around to aluminum particulates. Although they're telling us they're going to do that. They have, in fact, been doing that, he says, since probably the early 90s. Now, the, uh, you mentioned Monsanto and um, uh, having patented um, seeds that can withstand uh, soil that are high in aluminum. Was that the, uh, the idea? Oh, yes, definitely. And then also they've gotten patents on plants that don't get much sunlight, you know, um, sunlight res- or um, what do they call resistant to no sun, you know, the, the geoengineering-specific crop patterns, basically. Right. Um, so if it's not to forestall global warming, because, as you say, this is the Hegelian dialectic, they, they create this fear and panic about global warming so that they can offer the cure, which, uh, so in other words, there is no disease, there's only the cure, but what is the cure really for? Well, Lyndon B. Johnson said it, Right after JFK died, he gave a speech and he gnashed his teeth while he said, control the weather, you control the world. And it's hard for us. It's really difficult for the listeners because everyone always asks me, why would they do it to us? Why would they do it to themselves? Or people say, they wouldn't do that to us, you know? But people don't put themselves in the shoes of a sociopath, narcissist, 
power-hungry elite, probably satanic, you know, evil, nefarious, very small group of elitist scumbags that want complete and total control. Is it Georgia Guidestones? They want to deplete this? The, 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 do they want to knock down the population? I don't know. But I do put the pieces of the puzzle together when I look at 5G, for instance. You know, 5G ultimately seems like that it will create a dystopian future where the next generation won't be able to procreate. Why is there a full-on attack on the next generation with vaccines and the food, even fluoride in the water and all these different things? You know, the why is, is really a, a big, big question that at the end of the day, I can't answer 100%, but I start to get, lean to good and evil and God and the Satan and all sorts of stuff like that. Because I can't wrap my head around why someone would want to take away the life force energy, our sun, from our children and our plants and all life on earth. It makes no sense to me, to be quite honest. But in the end, why would someone want complete and total control? Why would someone put poisonous ingredients in experimental vaccines and all these other things? You know, it seems like that the powers that be are afraid of us that the day that we become conscious of our true powers and our potential, you know, ascension program or whatever we're really here to do on a spiritual sense, then we're going to really come together and win the battle that is waging against us without our really knowing. So until then, you know, people are going to have to scratch their heads and wonder why we're under attack. I believe it is about spiritual warfare at the very top, really, or at the bottom, however you want to look at it, at the root of this issue. It's spiritual warfare, as with most major challenges facing mankind. And that's why we're always trying to find a political solution to what is ultimately a spiritual problem. The impact of aluminum and barium and strontium on the human body, I mean, I believe there is a pretty strong connection, correlation at least, but perhaps even a connection between aluminum in the water and in the soil and things like Alzheimer's and dementia, which seem to be at epidemic levels. Definitely a very strong correlation or even causation. One toxic combination is fluoride and aluminum. Aluminum production like the aluminum the the product the actual production of aluminum, the aluminum industry has a byproduct, a toxic byproduct that gets that comes off of aluminum, which is fluoride. So the two are actually bonded together at one point. So the two, when when mixed in your body, so you can get fluoride from maybe let's say these masks. So the 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 polytetrafluoroethylene PTFE masks. These one-time use blue surgical masks are laced with this. Teflon called PTFE. I encourage people to look up PTFE masks, and then you can see the polytetrafluoroethylene masks, and then you can see that these one-time use medical surgical masks that people are using during the issue that we're, the world is facing with this COVID nonsense and whatnot, that people are absorbing a lot of, of fluoride from this, or you can get the fluoride from your tap water or your toothpaste or whatever, but the fluoride, once it's in your body, it can bypass the blood-brain barrier and go into your brain. And that can, it can actually escort aluminum past the blood-brain barrier. And the two create a toxic combination in your brain, literally a chemical reaction in your brain when the two connect. And you have these little explosions in your brain. So if people are having little explosions in their brain from getting aluminum and fluoride mixed, 
And mind you, there's aluminum in deodorant. There's aluminum in the geoengineering in the air. There's aluminum in these vaccines, toxic levels of aluminum in these vaccines. So when you get the two mixed together, yeah, you have Alzheimer's going through the roof, dementia going through the roof, brain fog and all these other things. And it links even to the Naval Research Study when you talk about um, the Naval Research Study on rats, um, on EMF. When we start to talk about the blood-brain barrier, there seems to be an attack on breaking that down and making it more permeable and getting these different chemicals in our brains to control us. Once there's 5G antenna everywhere and we've got metals in our brain, conductive metals in our brain, and there's 5G frequencies which can literally alter the frequency in your brain if they wanted to, we're going to be in for a mess. But between now and then, it's important to comprehend that the Navy, the Navy, for instance, did a research study on EMF with ink in um, rat brains. And just low levels of EMF broke down the blood-brain barrier and showed the brain leakage where the ink would leak, would, the ink leaked throughout the rat's bodies because of the EMF breaking down the blood-brain barrier. So we've got EMS fields from 5G increasing radiation levels that can break down our blood-brain barrier to help this aluminum get into our brain. You've got fluoride, toxic combination. And yes, the, the leading cause of death in the UK ha- is, has overpassed heart disease and cancer and all this. And now, well, this is before COVID, but now it's, it's actually Alzheimer's is the leading death, the leading, leading cause of death in the UK. So it's very important to, to look at these aluminum connections and to detox from these things. I think it's so important for people to understand that taking your health into your own hands and detoxing and sweating this stuff out and learning how to be up to speed on your minerals so you're not absorbing toxic minerals and to, you know, understand, like if people just understood the simple things like why GMO foods are GMO. GMO foods are genetically modified so that they can withstand getting poisoned with stuff like Roundup. If these plants weren't modified genetically, they would die when they're poisoned with these herbicides. So we don't, once we start to acknowledge this and we can start to read ingredients and learn different things and take our health in our own hands, we can really honor the truth with integrity and honor our own health and learn about the truth and the knowledge is really empowering at that point. It seems almost though the, 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 it's too too late. I mean, or or is it? It's too oh, late it's to never stop too this. Late. And if we're here and we're embracing the truth, that means we're here to, you know, shine that light bright enough for the others to find their way out of the dark. We're just at the cusp of a massive awakening, you know. And we're just—I I hate to say that we're the the um, path. Um, what do you call it? We're burning. We're the trailblazers. We're the trailblazers, and. It might be kind of lonely being the black sheep, but with all of this darkness being so pervasive recently, it's a beautiful environment for all of these seeds that we've been planting to finally find that fruit, fertile soil and to, and to actually come, come to blooming, you know? All this time we've been planting these seeds as truthers and, and bless you for having your show. And there's, it's fallen on a lot of deaf ears. A lot of people, you know, are on the same page and we've woken up a lot of people. But so many people have had these seeds planted. But now that there's so much darkness, it's letting the light actually see the darkness. And once you see the darkness, you can see the lightness. And once you see both, then you can see the duality and the polarity and where we live, you know. This isn't just a place of fear. This is a place of fear and love. And if you can see both, 
and start to snap out of this trance that they're trying to put you in of fear, then you can really embrace the power that we all have. Well, a good place to start might be to check out Matt Landman's uh, film, Frankenskies the Movie, and you can screen it absolutely free, frankenskiesthemovie.com, frankenskiesthemovie.com, and we've linked up uh, to to, uh, Matt's website as well at uh, strangeplanet.ca. All right, uh, Matt, uh, go uh, rehydrate and get ready for hour two. We're going to let loose the phone lines as well and take questions and comments, 416-360-0740. That's in the greater Toronto area, 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town, 1-866-740-4740. Get ready for hour two. Stay with us. Stay with us. 